been awesome. Praise God. Aren't you glad that we have a Father who is able to meet our deepest needs? In fact, I want to share this a, a scripture. He says he's the father to the fatherless. And I was reading that. It's in Psalm, turn there with me, to uh, Psalm 68. When we look at Psalm 68, and this is so much about the Father, it says, in verse 1, he says, Rise up, O God, and scatter your enemies, and let those who hate God run for their lives. Blow them away like smoke. That's an awesome, (laughs) rough dude. But let the godly rejoice. Verse 3, it says, Let them be glad in God's presence, and let them be filled with joy. Sing praises to God in his name. Sing loud praises to the one who rides the clouds. His name is the Lord and rejoice in his presence. In that psalm, he's he's this awesome one who can make the enemies tremble, but he's also the one who is able to make us glad. In verse 5, he says, He's a father to the fatherless and defender of the widows. This is God whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families and he sets the prisoners free and gives them joy, but he makes the rebellious live in a scorched land. Father to the fatherless, the reality is, you know, I've done, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of prayer ministries now on all different continents. And regardless of the culture, circumstances, you find that each one of us has fatherless areas of our hearts where our earthly fathers were not able to fulfill um, there's all different aspects. Some never knew their father. Some had a, a rough childhood. Um, but I have found also that God, in almost every circumstance, has put some godly man in the life of a person that spoke into their life. And uh, I'm just grateful. I know that's, the, that's, that's God with skin on, and that's the fatherless areas. And so our prayer this morning is, as we kind of reminisce about all that, that the Father would speak to those places of our hearts that we're not able, either through, I liked when Mark and then um, that place where Michael called us to, to visualize Father God. If there's ever a place where you don't feel secure, I love that song Catherine sang. He knocks down the walls. He goes after us. There is nothing that he won't do. Biblically, scripturally, we see over and over again, he gave his son. I don't know that I could give you my child. I don't know that I could love that much. And yet he is Abba, the father, who loves us. He's not looking for us to perform He's not demanding payment. There's just grace all over that. So I pray this morning, through all the different expressions this morning, that being a father is really, really hard. (laughs) This is tough duty. This is tough place. And uh, I thank God that he has put spiritual men in my life and that my dad, before he passed on, we were able to make some real deep reconciliation. So I want to honor all the fathers today. And 
as I was praying about um, how we should ask the Holy Spirit to move today, the two men that just kind of came to my heart that I want to ask to share today. And so these are, these are godly men, godly fathers who I've watched in a journey. One's a little younger than the other, but they're both on this journey, and they, um, I just want to honor them. So I'm going to ask L.J. McKenzie if he'll come first. And then, uh, and then I'm going to ask uh, Coach Mike to come and share. And I've asked them to Jeff. I don't know exactly what they're going to say, but I know God's going to speak to them. So, L.J., God bless you, brother. Uh-oh. So good morning, Global. Good morning. So when Pastor Tom asked me to share, um, specifically he said, what am I learning about being a father? And um, Father's Day is a great day for me now because I have my own children. But at the same time, it's kind of tough for other reasons. Um, so just to give you a little background to help you understand why I say that, I grew up in a single parent home. My mom, she worked two jobs to support me and my little sister. My father was absent but at the same time, I knew he loved me. Um, there were a lot of things that I missed out from my father not being there for me. Um, I can recall waiting on the porch for him to come by and pick me up, and he never showed up. I don't know if anybody can relate to that, but it was a true thing for me. I remember calls for, oh, son, I'm going to do this for you. And I'm going to do that for you, and I'm going to get you this on your birthday. That day comes up and goes, and nothing. But at the same time, I remember some great times we had. Although he was absent, when I became a teenager, he came to me and he said, Son, I want you to live with me. I'm moving back to Atlanta. Um, let's give this thing a try. And I said, Sure, you know, I'm excited. This is my father. I love him. Even though we had those those things happened in the past. I, I still loved him and I cared for him. I don't want to get that twisted. And so I moved in with him and a long story short, it didn't work out and I ended up going back home. But I remember that. I remember that time being with him and that time I spent with him and the times he would cook for me and um, take me to school and even a few of the times that he came to some of my games. Um, and there was another instance where when I graduated, he showed up at my graduation, and he wouldn't let nothing keep him from that. He showed up, and it really blessed me to see my father there at my graduation. He also bought me my first car, and this is one of the special things. Um, he picked me up, and he took me to this old little kind of junkyard-looking place, and he said, son, there's your car, and it was an 85 Buick Regal. And it was kind of ugly, but to me, it was the world. I was like, wow. And so he worked at a transmission shop. He was a transmission specialist. And for that summer, after I graduated, we worked on that car together. We ended up putting a new motor in it, getting it painted. And um, it was beautiful. I wish I had pictures to show, but I don't. So um, that was a special time. Um, so another thing that happened. Me and my father, like I said, he was always there for me when I needed him most. And 
there was one particular time where I really got lost and got astray after I graduated high school. I had a full basketball scholarship, and I got mad with the coach and left the school. And I really hit rock bottom. And he came there. He picked me up. My car had got towed away, and I was just lost. He picked me up, and he took me down here to North Carolina, and this I ended up moving here. And um, he was there for me when I needed him the most. And I really cherished those moments. But he was also absent in some places. And I began living a very destructive life after that. Um, selling drugs. Um, very promiscuous. Um, just living a wild, reckless life. And um, almost lost my life a couple of times. So... Through that whole thing, I was really lost for what, what I needed in my life. I didn't know. I didn't have a father to walk me through the ups and downs of life. But then there was Jesus. When I really hit rock bottom and I got all of the mess out of me, through my wife, her grandmother ministered to me. And I had a whole list of things that I learned about being a father, but I think this is most important. He showed me love that I had never felt before. Yeah, my father was in and out, but he didn't really show me that love. He loved me the best way he knew how, and I thank God for that. But he never, he never showed me that deep love that God showed me. And God taught me about love and taught me about loving myself Taught me about loving my wife. Taught me about loving my family, my son. And um, a few years ago, my father passed away. I wasn't going to cry. <laughs> he overdosed on cocaine. And right then, I was very upset. I felt like he he left me. I felt like he did it on purpose. I felt like he gave up on life. But I was encouraged by all the people that spoke so well about him. Although I wasn't he wasn't there for me like he should have been. People spoke very well of him. And it really encouraged me and blessed me. And I had an older guy that worked with me. And I told him this the same story. He said, you know what, son? He said, having a piece of a father is better than having no father at all. And I thank God for what he did in my life. Although it wasn't always the best, but I thank God for who he was in my life. In those moments that we had. The good moments definitely outweigh all of the bad. So I tell you to all the fathers, you know, I don't know what what kind of things you're going through with your fathers or with your kids. But cherish those good moments. No matter what, God can make it right. And so moving forward with my family, I think the, the main thing that God did for me was he showed me love. He's, he's teaching me love. He's teaching me how to love my son. Whether it be a son or a daughter, he's teaching you and he's showing you how to love. And I say learning seriously, like it's not, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. But what I do is I just go to the Father and say, 
you know what? Teach me, Lord. Help me to be the father that I didn't have. Help me to be a good role model for my kids. And I really feel like my son, and I have another child on the way, is like a reset for my family generation. And also, my wife, she had some father issues, and it's just a reset for us. And the Lord has really walked us through that, and he's teaching us about being a father. And um, I'm just so blessed right now. And like Pastor Tom spoke about, um, he will put people in your path to be that physical love and that physical father for you. Um, Not only Pastor Tom, but Pastor Kenny, I'm working with the youth right now, and he's been a great father figure. He's not not in here right now, and I didn't tell him I was going to call him out, but... He's been such a great father figure, just spending that time with me, inviting me over, and teaching me about fatherhood just by living his life. So if I could leave with one thing, I would just say, you know, love is the key. You might not get everything right, but just continue to love them and be there for them. So happy Father's Day to everybody. Amen. Mike Henderson come up in a minute. I just wanted to, my daughter Katie um, gave me this 2010 on Father's Day, Moments for Fathers. And uh, I read it to cover to cover the other day and crying in the morning. And there was just, there's so many good things in here. But I just want to um, share one of the stories here that, first of all, it's the, I think it's a, it was 100 years ago that it was determined that um, Father's Day should be recognized. And when you have um, father connections, some of you know my, uh, yesterday I I sent Papa Jack Taylor, he's 83. He's my spiritual papa. And uh, it's just been really special man for me when I've really had some things to have somebody with that much history in life and some of the things he's been through. And he's there. I I text him, he texts back and it's just wonderful. And when you have a father or a spiritual dad, there's favor that runs you get some favors. <laughs> and so we have the Father. And so I want, to, I want to reflect this on once you're in the kingdom and you belong to him, I read you about he's a father to the fatherless and he's a care for the widows. Well, this is an actual story. It's called A Sympathetic Ear. But a Union soldier in the army during the Civil War was the youngest son who had already lost a brother and a father in the fighting. So he was a Union soldier who had lost both a brother and his dad, in the fight. As the only male left in his family, he desired to go to Washington, D.C. and to see President Lincoln and ask him for an exemption from military service so that he could take care of his mom and family. His mother and sister needed help with the planting and the farm. After receiving leave, he went to Washington, D.C., went right up to the White House. As the young man approached the doors to see the president, He was told by the guard on duty, you can't see the president. Don't you know there's a war on? He's a very busy man. Now go away. Go back to the fight. Fight the rebels. So the young man left discouraged, downhearted. As he stopped to sit on a park bench, a little boy came up to him, and the young lad said, soldier, why are you looking so unhappy? What's wrong with you? 
Soldier looked at the young boy and began to spill out his heart about the situation of his father's death, his brother's death, his mother's need, the war. He said, I'm the only man left in my family, and I'm desperately in need back at the house. As the young boy listened to the story, the little boy took the soldier by the hand. He led him around the back door of the White House. He went through the kitchen door, past the guards who were on duty, past the general and the high-ranking government officials in the White House. All these officials stood at attention as the little boy took the private hand of the one who sits in the White House. The young soldier didn't understand what the heck is happening here. Finally, they arrived at the presidential office itself. The little boy didn't even knock. He opened the door, walked right in. President Lincoln and the Secretary of State were looking at the battle plans on the desk. The president looked up and says, what can I do for you, Todd? Todd said, Daddy, this soldier needs to talk to you. Soldier pleaded his case and received his exemption. See, we too have access to the Father through the Son. Jesus intervenes on our behalf. Daddy, here's someone who needs to talk to you. We can't be told by human ears, but we certainly can pour out God's sympathetic ear. I want to ask you to just remember that God has an intercessor named Jesus who has quick access. The moment, once we're kingdom kids, the access to the Father's quick and we have favor. May not always seem like it, he works all things together. So would you welcome Mike Henderson? Come on, Pastor Mike. This guy has got a pastor's heart. He's coached, and uh, I just love, he's always got these sayings that I like, wow, where'd you get that, man? Family, you know, every time I come down this aisle, I feel like I'm coming out of a basketball, football locker room or something. You know, I mean, that's, that's the coach in me, so I appreciate the applause. When Pastor Tom asked me to speak and give my advice to fathers, I, I was honored and I was kind of shocked at the same time because 80% of you can beat my fathers. So I, I'm like, what kind of advice can I possibly give those who, who are twice my age? But I'll do the best I can. Let's see here. When I was a freshman, when I was a freshman in high school, we had one girl in the school that was pregnant. Everybody thought she was nasty. Like, wow, pregnant. And I remember my, when my freshman year, my, my art teacher, he got a word of the whole, everybody calling her names and everything. And he said the old cliche, you know, he said, hey, Mike, you know, any boy can be a dad, but it takes a man to be a father. And I said to myself, okay, well, I never want to be a dad then. I, I want to be a father because the father I have is a great man. And he's taught my brother, my sister, and myself a lot. You know, he introduced me to Christ when I was six. And I used to go to about, my brother and I used to walk 10 miles, well, actually five miles to my elementary school to do Bible study. And... After Bible study, we'll come home, and then we'll actually go to church service. And my father being in the Air Force, you know, we was on a military base, so there was only one church. And it was a Baptist church. And, I, you know, when we were there, I never really understood what I was there for. I just understood that I was supposed to be there. Um, so just growing up, I really never had God in my life, but I, I, I had a father 
And my father, like I said, he, he was always there. He was a great supporter. We'd never wanted for anything. We had a great life. Uh, some of my friends and I that grew up in the Philippines still reminisce about our old childhood days and how great it was and, and all those things. When I was 15, my father left. He retired out of the Air Force after 30 years, and he moved, took a job with Boeing uh, and moved to Saudi Arabia. He's still there to this day. Uh, he works. Uh, he, come, he, he stays a year, comes home a month, goes back a year. That, that's the kind of deal it was. So when I was 15, I was kind of upset with him. That's, that's the first time I believe in my life I was ever upset with my father because my brother was already off to college. My mom, me, and my sister. And my sister is younger, so I always, always had to babysit. So I was always resenting my father, like, why would you leave me at a, so, such a vulnerable age? 15 years old as a boy is a very vulnerable age. Um, I remember one day he called. It was in the summertime. It was, in my, it was my freshman going into my sophomore year. And I kind of brought it up. I said, you know, Dad, you let me down. You know, you, you, you're missing all my football. You know, you're missing everything I'm doing. And he told me, he was like, well, you know what, son? I introduced you to church when you were six for a reason. You can never always rely on me, but there is a father I can't rely on. So when, that day forward, I said, okay, I started thinking about that. I said, because he said, you know, he, my dad, I, got, I get a lot of my philosophies from my dad. He, he tells me never rely too much on people because they will let you down. He even said that your shadow will leave you when you're in the dark. So just like I said, so growing up, um, like I said, my, my, I never wanted to be a dad. I wanted to be a father. So anyone that really knows, knows me, knows I'm an acronym type of guy. That's the way I learn. I learn by taking words, breaking it down. Life, L-I-F-E, look internally for eternity. Faith, forward all issues to heaven. Sin, stop it now. <laughs> Sin spelled backwards, not in slavery. So... That, that's how I learned. So when, when, I, when I thought about what my art teacher told me back in the day, he made me feel like being a dad was a bad thing. Well, technically it's not. He made me feel like dad stood for dumb and dumber. But now that I'm older and, and I'm a father and, and everything, it's more to me now dependable and dedicated. So this is my advice to uh, some of these other fathers. So. I remember in, in the book of Matthew, Jesus said, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. Amen? And I think that's exactly our role as a father, is to serve our family, serve our wives, serve our children, to serve our communities. So, again, I love acronyms. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to break down the word served. So let's go ahead and do that. So S... Fathers, spend time with your children. How we as fathers spend time reveals our, to our kids what is important to them. Our kids grow up quickly, and time is now. I, when I look at my kids now, and I look at people like LJ, where he's just starting, and I'm almost finishing. And I'm like, wow, time went by so fast. So spend time with your children, uh, family. E, earn the right to be heard. As fathers, we should begin conversations with our children about important topics when they're very young, so the difficult, like difficult subjects and those things can make it easier as they get older. We understand that, of course, as fathers, we feel like we're the head of the household, we're the man, so we're entitled to be heard. It's not the case. We have to be, earn the right to be heard, fathers, because if not, kids are less 
reluctant to listen to us. R, role models. Fathers, we are role models from the day, from day one for our daughters and our sons. Children learn more by what they see more than what they hear. And trust me, they are watching us because I know my son is. He points out my mistakes all the time. <laughs> yes, he does. V, value education. And I'm not just talking about schoolwork or anything, even though those things are very important. But as a, as a good father, we, we must teach our children about right and wrong. Encourage them to do their best. See that our children make good choices, which seems to be simple because a lot of us probably made bad choices when we came up. So life le lessons are the best things we can give to our children because if, we can, if we've been through it, we can speak through it. Amen? E, eat together. Man, I can't, I can't believe how, and, and until I met my wife, I never really knew how important that was. You know, it was always the dinner was on the table, grab your plate, go in the living room, grab your plate, go in your room. It, it was never a togetherness thing. So eat together. It's, it's important. It's an important part of the family life. It's a bonding time. When, we eat, when you eat meals together, it gives your kids a chance to talk to you about whatever's going on. It gives you a chance to kind of relate and figure out what's going on in their lives because it's a very, you know, we, we have busy lives. We have work. We have activities and, and all those things that we go through. So it's really hard to kind of gauge with our kids what they're going through. And finally, my favorite, D, discipline. All children need positive guidance and discipline, not as punishment, but as just a reasonable limit. We as fathers should remind our children the consequences of their actions and positively acknowledge desirable behaviors. So father, being a father is a big thing. Being a father is a big thing. When you, when you look at fathers, it's not called, today is not called Happy Dad's Day. It's Happy Father's Day. The Lord's Prayer is not our dad in heaven, our dad, our, our dad who art in heaven. It's our father. So being a father, fellas, be very, very grateful that we have been appointed and anointed fathers. And we just have to pass the knowledge we have on because the generation that's coming up is really struggling. It's really struggling. And not just be fathers to your own children. Be, be fathers to those that you know that need father figures. So for fathers, stepfathers, grandfathers, spiritual fathers, those that want to be fathers, those that are getting ready to be fathers, I applaud you. I applaud you. This, as Pastor Tom, Pastor Tom said, it's not an easy job. It is very difficult. But the one thing I want to leave before I go, again, I'm an acronym guy. The reason why I say being a father is so important, because father, F-A-T-H-E-R, stands for face all things head on, even through the rough times. Bless y'all. I was asking the Lord how we should land this thing. I, here's what just came to me. I think the Holy Spirit's on this. I'd like all the men in our congregation to just line up from that wall to that wall. You're either going to be a father someday or you're going to be a spiritual dad. You're going to have influence. And I'd like all the rest of the congregation, women, if you'd stand behind your men or find a man that you can stand behind, face this way, guys. Let's turn towards the altar this way. I'm going to ask the ladies if they'll come and you'll just lay hands on these guys. Because I know that um, the, the enemy is after the destruction of the family. We know that if he can destroy the family, 
then he can destroy the walk of Christ in their life. And the impact of that, man, we got a lot of men in this church. Hey, glory to God. Make room, come on up here. All the men up front, make a little shoulder to shoulder. Thank you, Lord. If you put just a little bit of music on Jacob in the background, men, would you just kind of close your eyes at the moment? I First of all, let's do business with God. That, Lord, we ask that you would minister to these men's hearts. Whatever they see is the failure or the guilt or the, the woulda, coulda, shouldas in their lives or the vacancies that have been left there, the voids that are in the heart of these men. The things they've witnessed that you would have never chosen for them. The things that maybe they participated in that they carry around either guilt or shame. The word is absolutely clear that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ and that we make the exchange at the cross. In fact, it says he separates our sin from us as far as the east is from the west. So Lord, I pray right now that you do business in these men's hearts, that in that wholeness they recognize, it says we have an intercessor, Christ Jesus, the one who makes intercession for us. When we don't know how to pray, he knows how to pray. He prays to the Father for us. And so now, Lord, I pray for these men that you'd bring healing to their hearts. That any fatherless areas, any orphan spirit, any broken places, any shame and guilt and fear and inadequacy, insecurities. I, I, I ministered to a father recently who was, he was saying, you know, I wish I hadn't wasted my time. I was doing this and doing that and I, and I wasted my time that I could have spent with this child. I feel like I've missed it. and was bringing sadness and despair. And what I was sharing with him is, I've been in that place, and there isn't any one of us men that hasn't had a place. Why did I do that? Why didn't I spend, why didn't I recognize more? But I thank you. Bill Johnson says it this way. God factors in our stupidity. I love that. That no matter what cards we've played and what hand we've been dealt, the Lord has all the wild cards. And he says he works all things together for good to those who love him. So even our children, I, in my own life, where my father failed me, I recognize now looking back, that caused something else to happen in me that brought me to a place that I needed the father. And so, men, I ask right now, you'd receive this revelation from God that you're going to be okay. That every place that you've walked and anything you've experienced, any place where the enemy has tried to destroy, kill, and whatever you're walking through right now, he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all of it. That the revelation of God, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ would be yours. And now, ladies, would you just pray in the spirit, pray over these men, fill in. You know better than we do some of our failures and faults. Fill them up right now, Lord. As we, says, lay hands on them and they shall recover. Lord, we need recovery. It said we need helpers. And you sent helpers to help us, Lord. I'm so glad that you're not finished with us yet, Father. You'll knock down walls and you'll leave the 99 to go get us. That the prodigal, when he comes back, the father runs with the robe and the ring. 
and says, welcome back, son. It's time to party. So, Lord, I thank you right now. Lord, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to touch these fathers, fill in all the voids and gaps so they can be the men you've called them to be. They can influence the young men and women that are coming up. There must be men of God. There must be godly men and women that are going to arise in this generation to turn this thing towards the one who is. And we thank you, Lord, now. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn around, give them a hug. Come on, Lord, we thank you.